looks like we're live. Awesome. That was a good one for the Jazz. Honestly, I I was not terribly happy with the the results from the for- first quarter, but after looking into it more, it makes sense. The Jazz were playing with a different rotation tonight. Um, the starters were primarily the same. Royce O'Neal was resting tonight, which was kind of cool because on, on Saturday's episode, Nate and I were talking about how we thought players should be rested more, especially during this final stretch. The Jazz are probably going to hold on to the first seed. And we we're talking about how Royce O'Neal is probably, like he doesn't get talked about a lot, but he's probably a little bit overplayed with an L, not paid played with an L. So we, we think he, he's probably playing a few too many minutes. So seeing him get the chance to rest tonight against a team who's towards the bottom of the standings, I think that was a good call. And Jordan Clarkson, he's injured, and Joe Ingles um, was out with injury tonight as well. So those are three players who normally get a lot of minutes who weren't playing tonight. So that led us to see different players who we don't really get to see play unless it's garbage time come out and play so we saw Ilyasova get early minutes we saw Brantley get minutes throughout the game and he played great he had 10 points by the end of the night Uh, we saw Oni early on we saw Thomas come in and he hit a three and he he had another jumper as well um a mid-range jumper so that was cool to see um they didn't play a particularly deep lineup the Jazz normally play a nine-man rotation tonight they played a 10-man rotation so it wasn't like they were they were digging deep into the bench. It was just three guys who normally get large like a, a lot of minutes almost every game, 15 plus minutes weren't playing tonight. Uh, probably closer to 20 plus minutes because this is Ingles, Clarkson and O'Neal. One of those is a starter and the other two get either close to 20 minutes or way more than 20 minutes most games. So cool to see some of the bench players play. I thought that was fun, especially seeing Brantley. It's not like he went off. He had 10 points, but uh, he made some good plays. He hit some shots. Good for him. Um, and I'll go over more in the box score, but I just want to give a shout-out to Lou Dort. On the Oklahoma City Thunder, he finished the game with 42 points. And he was, uh, I think he slowed down in the second half a little more. But at the beginning, he was unstoppable. And then there were a couple plays throughout towards towards the end where he just looked uh, in complete control. So that was exciting to see him play. Um, I haven't really seen him much, play much. I've seen a few highlights from him, and I've I've heard his name at least. Um, I at least got the the first name. I can't see the full first name, but I can say Lou Dort. So um, his full first name is is something that I would butcher if I tried to pronounce, but. Cool to see him play. Shout out to him. Um, but with that said, make sure you leave your comments in the live chat. I'm going to go over the the team stats, go over the box score real quick, um, and then I'll I'll address whatever comments you have in the in the live chat until we're out of comments. Cool. So while I'm going over the stats, just keep in mind the Jazz played a different rotation tonight. Um, They're missing three players who typically add some sort of, like, um, three players who normally score in the double digits. O'Neal doesn't always get there, but 
he gets a few shots up. He's part of the offense. So the bench offense was definitely way different than what it normally is. And so keep that in mind while I'm while I'm going over these stats. But the Jazz, they did not shoot great tonight. Um, they were just uh, just under 42% as a team from the field. Uh, from three, they were fine. They were 17 for 47, which is 36%. I'd like to see that a little bit higher, but I'm not like I'm not terribly upset with a 36% from three as a team. Um, and free throws, they got to the line plenty. They they got 20 free throw attempts, hit 17 of them. So shooting was kind of mediocre tonight. Um, I'm hoping we can see some improvements, especially since this was a. Um, the Thunder really don't have a, a great defense. Um, they they hustle so so maybe they they're tougher defense than some teams, but I I don't really look at the Thunder and say that they really have any any awesome lockdown defenders or or uh, they might have a couple because they have some athletes, but um, at least not a great team defense. So I w- I would have loved to see the Jazz shoot better, but they were running a different lineup, so I'll give them a pass for tonight. Rebounds were pretty equal. Um, the Jazz gave up 15 offensive boards, which I don't love, but that's not the worst thing in the world, especially since the Jazz got 11. Um, so, yeah, nothing nothing too exciting there. Jazz were great at passing the ball around, ended up with 24 assists as a team, um, 10 blocks, which is pretty exciting. I'll, I'll have to go in the box score and see exactly who got all those blocks. That's not normally a stat I, I follow very closely, except for when Gobert almost gets a triple-double. Uh, everything else, pretty typical for the Jazz. Uh, w- one interesting stat is that the Thunder led at one point by 17 points. Um, I don't remember if that was in the first quarter or this, or like earlier in the second quarter, but in the second quarter, the Jazz put on a comeback had the lead by a point at halftime, and then they just controlled in the third quarter. And in the third quarter, they outscored the Thunder 33-16. to So after that, even though the Thunder outscored the Jazz 27-18 to in the fourth, it was game over after the third quarter. The whole fourth quarter was basically garbage time. But box score, I'm going to skip over the Thunder except for uh, another shout-out to Dort for just being unstoppable on offense. And and Will called me out for saying that they don't really have any great defenders. He said Dort is a great defender, though. I I tried to backtrack and backtrack and save myself when I said that because I realized they do have a couple and in, like individual good defenders, but um, I as a team, it's like the the team de- defense isn't as as great as it could be, which is fine. Um, Especially when you're a team of a bunch of young players, uh, you can work on that, and, and that's kind of how the Jazz have been for the last, um, well, before like over the past ten years, like the first five, they were kind of a, eh, like like you saw flashes, and then Rudy Gobert started to really um, become how great he he is now, and and the rest of the team started fitting in, so. Yeah, so I think the Thunder will get there as long as they can keep they can find a core and, and keep that core together. Uh, but I want to figure out who had these blocks. Gobert had seven blocks, so shout out to Gobert. His line was uh, 
13 points, 14 rebounds, 7 blocks, a steal, and an assist. So, that was fun. <laughs> um, And then, like, I-, I love watching the Jazz when they, they have these... This one wasn't quite a blowout because they, they gave up part of their lead in the fourth quarter. They gave up 9 points. Um, as far as, like, they scored 9 points less than the Thunder did. But it was it was pretty much a blowout um, because at the end of the third they were up by nineteen and they just didn't they they didn't really let the Thunder have a comeback and it was really like the last few minutes that uh, the Thunder just scored an extra few points to make it look less like a blowout. Um, but what I'm the point I'm getting to is that the Jazz I like how they in these games when they blow people out you don't see like Mitchell going off for fifty points. Like you usually see Mitchell scoring less, and ev- and there's no one that really like scores a ton of points on these nights. It's kind of spread out evenly among the team. So Bogdanovich actually led the Jazz in scoring with 23 points. Mitchell had 22 tonight. Niang had a great night. Um, he was six for 13 from three. He had 18 points, 10 rebounds. So, um. Talk about him being an underrated player off the bench. He's probably someone that most teams don't um, don't game plan much for, but we've seen him kind of go off some uh, a couple games, and and he has good defense. He rebounds the ball, so I love having him on the floor. And then Conley with his fifteen. I've talked about Gobert, and then Brantley. I'll just give another shout out to him. Ten points, four rebounds. Um, I liked watching him. I'd like to see more of him. Um, and Oni only had seven minutes. He didn't score. He had a steal. Um, so I'd, I'd like to see more of Oni too, but I'm not going to comment on his performance because I, I feel like after just seven minutes isn't really enough to really get in the groove of the game. Um, and Brantley had 22. So I'd like to see a little more of both of them, but then again, who are you taking minutes away from when everyone's healthy? But with that being said, Good win for the Jazz. I'll hop into the live chat now. Uh, yeah, and and once once we run out, then then I'll I'll close it. But overall, just some thoughts before I hop into the chat. And just good win for the Jazz. I I don't know. I like said that fifteen times already, but um, I I was coming into this video almost expecting to do a. Like, yeah, we won, but this is concerning. And um, as I was digging through the stats, I'm I'm giving them a pass for some of the stats, like like the low shooting percentage because of the new lineup. And I know the Thunder, they're not a great team. Like, it would be a pretty big upset if the Jazz lost, but I I liked seeing the bench players. I thought overall the team played well, except for that first quarter. And it just I, and you saw a lot of the bench players playing pretty early on in the game, which I think kind of threw everything off. That like even when you have the normal bench out there, you don't really see that a whole ton. You see the starters play the the first I don't know eight nine minutes of the game, except for maybe Clarkson comes in. So I think uh, Coach Snyder was testing out some things since he was kind of he was forced to because of some injuries and uh, O'Neal resting. Um, but I'm excited. I hope he continues to test stuff out like this. 
and, and be a little more experimental and start resting a few more players because I think that will be good for the Jazz overall, especially since I think it's going to be tough for them to lose that first seed. Um, and if they start slipping, maybe maybe stop experimenting as much. But I would like to see that more from the Jazz, at least right now. Um, and especially since a lot of the teams they're playing are should be easy wins, even though they dropped one that should have been an easy win against the Wizards. Um, but now I'm finally going to hop in the chat. I think I said it like three times, but, uh, so well, he said, we got to get better at three point defense. We were just, um, like staring at or standing or staring at people, letting them shoot. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. Like, because that's a good point. And I don't think I've given much attention to that. Um, because when the Jazz were going on the run and they were winning like 12, 13, like a ton of games in a row, um, I felt like the three-point defense was really awesome. They hustled. And the reason why the defense was so good is because they could run people off the three-point line. And when they got threes, they were tough threes. And then they'd have to, they'd run them off the line. And then where do they have to go? They have to either shoot a mid-range or deal with Gobert at the rim. And so that's why the Jazz have had a tough time with like mid-range teams, um, which is kind of what I was talking about with the Suns game. The Suns are like they're good at getting mid-range shots, even though technically it's a bad shot. But like, like that's why the Jazz have been doing so good is because no one's trying to get mid-range shots, and the Jazz kind of forced them to take that. But it's true. I feel like the defense has been lazy. You've been seeing them like not trying to close out, not running them off the line, even when they had the chance. I, I did notice a few plays like that. So that's something to keep a lookout for. Um, I wonder if that's just them saying, hey, we're up by 18 right now. I don't need to. Or if it's the season starting to get them a little tired. And, and as I mentioned on in Saturday's episode, like... Is it them playing the nine-man rotation almost every single game that uh, their good players are starting to get a little more tired? I don't know. Um, Just speculation at this point. Um, And then I I talked about Lou Dort, talked about how I I disrespect his defense for a second there. But, um, yeah, so I'll, I'll skip those comments. And then, yes... Uh, so sorry, sorry. This is I didn't bring this up, but this is something I wanted to bring up. So the, the ah, tongue tied. So thanks for bringing it up. Uh, sorry said I like that that we can still do pretty good without our main players, and that's something that even though most of our starters were there, um, how many our starters were still getting thirty plus minutes, but as we talked about before, one of the biggest strengths for the Jazz is that bench unit. And it's not like the bench unit comes out and then the starters, it's not like a swap. You're always switching in these bench players in among the starters. And so it's a bunch of different lineups that the Jazz are using. Which I don't think I need to bring up. I think that's pretty standard in the NBA now. It used to not be as much. Um, but we have players who, like, if if Clarkson's out, we know we have starters who can who can step up there. Or, or Clarkson recently before he was injured 
was just not shooting well. And we know we have players like Niang who can have a night sometimes. Obviously, he's not the level of scorer Clarkson is. Or we can have Brantley come in and um, hit four for five on like really efficient shooting, score 10 points for us. So I think it's nice to see these players get minutes and succeed. Um, it was nice to see Thomas and Ilyasova get a few more minutes than they normally would have, even though neither of them played very well. Um, just kind of getting them into that system. So I feel like that's a good, both both a safety net and a good to see for the Jazz future. Obviously, Ilyasova is not going to be so much here. But yeah, I liked seeing that as well. And Sori says, I wish we had someone besides O'Neal that grabs offensive rebounds every once in a while. That's some, um, I feel like doing these streams has made me start paying attention to offensive rebounds more. I 100% understand the importance of them, and I just think I've been neglecting them. But that's true. Like I, I should look at the the total like team stats over the course of the season to see how the Jazz rank. That's not something I do very often, but uh, I would I would venture to guess that the Jazz aren't the greatest offensive rebounding team. Um, which to be fair, that stat can be skewed. Because for most of the season, the Jazz have been lights out shooting. And if you're making most of your shots, there's less offensive rebounds to be had. So I guess you'd want to look at offensive rebound percentage. I'll go into the more advanced stat there. Um, but that's true that offensive re- like rebounding is hustle. Offensive rebound is like twice as much hustle. Because a lot of times you're not going to be in position for that. And you have to really... Um, it has to be a heads up play to get that board. So... That and O'Neal's the perfect guy for that. Then again, like, like you said, it would be nice if we saw that kind of hustle from every player on those boards. Um, but with the NBA, it's it's interesting to watch because this would never have been a conversation ten years ago. But you need to kind of protect um your players who are volume shooters, uh, like Donovan Mitchell, um, like Clarkson, like like Conley who, like, they could go and hustle every single play for every single ball, and that'd be awesome to watch. But over the course of a season, will that lead to more injuries? Will that make it so that they're not ready at the end of the game to to hit the bucket or or whatever happens? So I agree. I would love to see more offensive rebounds. Um, But I think that does bring up an interesting conversation of... um, I I don't know how much strategy goes into that, if that's just players not thinking about it players being lazy and hustling or if it's it's part of the strategy and and they say hey don't don't overexert yourself for um for rebounds if it's a tough one um will says imagine gobert gets a good post fade or hook shot he'd be really good yeah imagine gobert if he had kareem's skyhook that would be unstoppable um I'm surprised, honestly, I guess, like, with the whole small ball movement, it, I'm, I'm kind of going into a whole, like, a mini rant of the, um, of, like, what the NBA is moving into. So, obviously, like, with Kareem, Kareem the skyhook was unstoppable. No one could figure it out. And, and then in the 90s, when you had a bunch of good big men, uh, you had Ewing, you had Elijah Wan, you had Shaq, you had 
you name it, like some of the best centers in the NBA. And the skyhook was still there. No one had it like Kareem. I'm surprised no one has like really worked the skyhook like Kareem has ever. But now the NBA, obviously, they moved into that small ball phase. And now it's less about small ball and it's more about finding the biggest guys with the most talent. That's why you see guys like Anthony Davis and Kevin Durant just killing it because they have the length, they have the size, they but they also have the athleticism and the shooting and the handling. And so that's going to be the future of the NBA is you I bet you're going to start seeing um like people used to say centers are dead. Now it's going to be centers are going to be the most valuable player again but it's going to be because they're shooting 40% from three, but they're also getting 12 rebounds and scoring efficiently in the paint. So if we could see a center day get a sky hook, I doubt anyone could figure out how to stop that. And then Gobert pulls that out four or five times a game, hits it, I don't know, 60, 70%. Um, what is anyone going to do? So I would love to see that. Then again, that's probably a lot of hours of effort to really get Gobert to get to that point with a shot like that so um it would be fun though um yeah and, and then he could yeah because uh that yeah so will brings up the point yeah and then he could pass out dolphin shooters from the post because we like the when the jazz are shooting well the beauty of the offense is you have Gobert in the dunkers position you have Mitchell driving or or anyone else really driving to the hoop because um, Mitchell is a great spot-up shooter as well. Someone drives in and then the defense naturally has to get sucked into the paint because you need whoever's guarding Gobert to come stop the drive. And then you need someone to defend Gobert to stop the oop, which no one's really been able to do super efficiently yet as, as far as I've seen. Um and then but then if they if they get enough players down there enough defenders down there to stop that whole thing then you now have three players on the outside who can shoot um but then imagine if you don't even need someone to drive in and you just have Gobert who can score by himself and now you have four shooters on the outside and Gobert's demanding a double or or triple team at times and then yeah that that's game <laughs> um and then and Sawyer says yeah I know Gobert has has been working on some shots a little bit out of the paint. I'm sure it's been something he's been working on for the past several seasons, and I I don't have anything to back this up. This is just a pure assumption about it. I just think um, he's not comfortable enough with any shot to pull it out regularly in games. We've seen like a couple times this season where he he pulls out some post moves and and gets some good shots, and and those were fun. Um. But I, I almost think this is kind of like a Ben Simmons situation where it's it's not that he can't score with them. It's that there's probably a mental block or, or he's uh, something stopping him that um, he just doesn't want to get those game reps in for some reason. And that's really going to be the only way that we're, we're going to see him uh, get better because there's only so much you can, you can improve in practice. And actually, um, I don't know if you guys have listened to the... the Mike Conley interview on the on JJ Reddick's podcast but Mike Conley um he's so he shoots with his left hand right but he said that he's actually right-handed and I don't know how he started shooting with his left hand but JJ Reddick asked him if he were to do like a three-point shooting contest against himself 
and he and he would shoot one round left-handed and one round right-handed. JJ Reddick asked like which one win and Conley said probably the right-handed, but he's just like if you were to try to pull that out in a game it would just feel so weird and he would feel like less confident even though the motion might be better right-handed that he just sticks with left-handed. I thought that was really interesting um because shooting is like such a mental game and um even though the motion and the the mechanics of his right hand may be better which I kind of doubt that because he's gotten so many reps with his left hand it may be better with his right hand but it's that it's that confidence and there may be that doubt in the back of Gobert's mind when he's taking these shots that um that's stopping him from shooting it which if he has that doubt maybe I don't know maybe he shouldn't I'd still like to see him try it a little bit, especially in games games where you're up by 20. Um, and then going back to the small ball um, question uh, topic. So Will Jensen uh, says, yeah, and I was thinking about small ball and how Jokic uses his post game to either force a double team or make the fade or hook shot. Um, I'd rather a fade away than a hook shot because then he might be able to spot up 10, 15 foot sh- um, shots as well. I think both are valuable. Um, if you add one, like, great. Um, I just think, I feel like the hook shot would be more comfortable for Gobert because he's standing right there next to the rim either way. Um, then again, though, like, imagine Jokic with... Well, I guess Jokic doesn't really have a sky hook, but he has every sort of finishing ability other than that, I feel like, around the rim. And his passing is incredible, so... Um, imagine Gobert with that kind of passing. That would be killer. Uh, Sorry, says it sometimes annoys me when Clarkson um, is in trouble near the uh, free throw, so he pump fakes and shoots instead of passing out. I, watching Clarkson is is really frustrating sometimes because I feel like seventy percent of the shots he takes are bad shots, but they go in. So I'm like, if if I was his coach. I'd be like about to yell at him and then I see the shot go in and I'm just like, ah, I don't like it, but it goes in pretty regularly. So I'm not going to complain about it. Um, and, and that's just Clarkson's role in the jazz. Like, like Will said, he, um, Clarkson needs to be, get better at passing. Clarkson's probably not the best passer, but I don't think he's like a bad passer. I just think his game is, he knows how to score the basketball. He's such a specialist at that that um, um, he's more effective just taking a bad shot than than trying to pass out of a situation. But it's all it's always nice to have a player with more moves. Like we've been talking about Gobert with the sky hook. Um, but I don't know. There's always a there's always room for a specialist on a team, and that's why players like JJ Redick, who all they really do is they run off the screens and hit threes. Uh, that's why they get paid a lot in the NBA today. Um, and Clarkson's not quite the shooter like that, but he's he has a lot of different moves to get the ball in the basket. Um, and then, so Will, so you, Will commented, I remember against the Pelicans, he made a college range shot, like a college three range shot. I'm guessing you're talking about Gobert. I don't remember this um, specific shot, but I remember hearing 
I don't I don't know if you're talking about this season or a few seasons ago, but like Gobert has hit a mid range shot in a game before, but so he's capable of doing it, but uh, I don't know something stopped him from shooting. I don't know if it's him or his coach or what's happening there. Um, Parker says, "Did you ever play any sports?" I played. I played basketball, like, so I, I played freshman team basketball, and then, um, sophomore season, I tried out on a broken ankle, which it was like, I'd broken my ankle before, like, a couple of years before, and I was pretty sure it was a broken ankle, but I was like, I didn't want it to be a broken ankle, because tryouts were right then, so I went for it anyway, and obviously I didn't play good enough to make the team. And then junior year, I just didn't try hard enough to actually, I, I tried out, but I didn't, um, I was not focused on basketball. So I was not in basketball shape, come, come tryouts. And then, so I didn't really play much in high school, but I did play uh, freshman year. Actually, Nate was on my team too. Um, so yeah, that was fun. Basketball's fun. Um, yeah. Uh, Thurl Bailey had a sky hook. He should mentor Gobert. That'd be cool. I like Thurl Bailey. He's it's. I don't think he spends much time around the team, but he's in the arena, so um, he watches the team a lot because he he announces a lot of the games. So yeah, if it helps, I'd love to see it. I like Thurl Bailey's a great guy. So <laughs> anything with him closer to the players, I'd love to see. Um. And we'll, okay, it was this year that Gobert hit the shot. Cool. Um, Rudy Gobert is here. <laughs> um, I was at the last two games. I, I was screaming my butt off last night, by the way. Awesome. I had some friends at uh, last night's game against the Wizards. That was a rough loss. Um, the Wizards are an interesting, interesting team because they have great players. They're just not a great team. So it's one of those that... It's it's rough to lose to them, but then again, you just like sometimes great players pull that kind of stuff off, and I feel like Westbrook is a, like as much as he's not super valued in the NBA right now. Westbrook, like the Jazz, don't play great against Westbrook. Um, he's figured out how to score in the paint, even with Gobert there. He's just too quick. So um, rough loss, but. Oh well, we still we'll still we're still in the one seed. Um, Will says in the off season, Gobert said he had been working on the mid range shot, so I hope he at least takes them once in a while when when he's open. Yeah, especially like in blowouts, I haven't seen the Jazz really experiment with anything. They they just keep pushing the lead, which is great because if they don't do that, there's probably a couple games that they were up big and then they they drop because they don't push it but I'd almost be okay dropping a couple of those games to experiment different things, whether that's um, experimenting with different lineups or whether that's just telling Gobert, hey, shoot a 15-footer. If you get space, shoot it. We don't care if it's an air ball. Shoot the next one when you're open too. And and getting those reps in might turn into something. Um, So that that sucks I had batting. I... I had a bad ankle too. I had to get surgery. Never had surgery. I never had like an awful break. Um, it was I had a pretty bad break on my nose. That's 
probably why I got the habit of, if you notice, sometimes I touch it. And I think I got in the habit because there's a bump there because it broke pretty bad. But um, my ankles, it was always stress fractures because um, I was always twisting my ankle and then I, I never rested it and I was awful at stretching. So <laughs> make sure you stretch and make sure if you twist your ankle, uh, give it a week or two to uh, kind of calm down. Otherwise, you might get a stress fracture. Um, sources, I think, will win one of the LA games. I'm excited for those. Um, yeah. Um, I guess it all depends on, on injury stuff um, for for LA. And I guess for the Jazz, I don't know if Clarkson will be back by then. I don't know what his timetable is. Um Will says, I'm finally going to a game this this year on Friday. Awesome. I, yeah, I, I didn't think I was going to a game this year um, because I, I looked at the schedule. It was the second Grizzlies game, if you remember that one. Uh, I, I think that was a Saturday. I was looking at the schedule and trying to plan out, like, because I'm, I'm super busy during the week, except for, like, during these streams, that it, it's really tough for me to make it up to Salt Lake um, and, and get everything done in between all that. But, so I was looking at all the Saturday games and that were at home and just none of them fit my schedule except for that one on that day, which was the, the second Grizzlies game. So I made it to that one. That was fun. Um, Conley didn't play, but we won by a lot. So it's it's kind of weird going with like a mostly empty stadium, but it's still watching the Jazz live. So it's a ton of fun. Um, thanks, Young Bala. Uh, he says, you deserve more people uh, watching the live streams, man. Y'all are fun to listen to. That's the hope. Like, right now, like, I have fun doing them. I hope Nate has fun doing them. They can they can take a lot of time, but I hope you guys are having fun too. Um, And and just eventually, as as we keep up with it, and then, and you guys like the videos and, and share it, and, and we just eventually start um, getting in front of more jazz fans then. I'm sure we'll start getting more people. There, there's one time where I forget what our max was, but for a couple streams there, we were getting 20 plus people every stream, and and they were going on forever. But I I think it kind of died down when the Jazz when the winning streak um, when they lost and the winning the first like really long winning streak got cut. Uh, people weren't as excited anymore, so I just think they decided to just not spend their time watching post-game streams about the Jazz. But uh, when the playoffs come, I, I bet it'll jump up again. Um, oh, so Carter's Rudy Gobert. Cool. Um, it's, um, what do you think about... So Carter says, what do you think about the Jazz in the playoffs? Um, I don't know. The, uh, playoffs always get me nervous. Um, whenever I'm following a team, especially like this season, I follow the jazz closer than, than any team I have in the past because, um, so like we started putting YouTube videos on right around the, like, I think right before the beginning of this season. And before that we were just purely podcast and we started the podcast, I don't know, was it February or March last year? And so we did that for a few weeks then everything shut down and the NBA stopped playing. So then we had a hiatus and then we kept going. So, um, and so we started in the middle of that season. So 
I'm kind of nervous for playoffs just because I've never followed a team so closely as I have this Jazz team. Um, but basically, I think it all comes down to that three-point shooting. Obviously, uh, earlier on the stream, we brought up a few issues that, like offensive rebounding and, and perimeter defense, like running people off the three-point line. Uh, but if the Jazz can just get their three-point shooting back to where it was, where they're shooting high 30s every single night as a team, high 30s or, or better, then I think it's really, like, if they can get to that point, Western Conference Finals is the expectation. And whether they win that or lose that, I feel like that's kind of where the expectation is. Obviously, if they, like, the Western Conference playoffs are going to be insane this year. Look at all the teams. Um, You catch them on a good night. Even, like, you don't know if you're going to win. The, the good thing, though, is it looks like the Jazz are going to get the first seed. And it looks like the eighth seed is going to be, like, either the Grizzlies or the Warriors. The Spurs might be in there. Um, I think the Pelicans are also in that race. but And the Warriors are kind of dropping out, so it might not... The Warriors might not even get a play-in game with how things are looking, so... Um, I would love to play any of those teams in the first round because the other options are the Nuggets, the Mavericks, the Lakers, the Clippers, the Suns. Like, um, who am I missing? Uh, I don't know. But all good teams that if you catch them on a good night, four nights in a row, like you could lose the first round series, which is how good the Western Conference is. So if the Jazz get the first seed, I think it's pretty close to a lock that they'll make it to the second round. I think it's a disappointment if they don't make it to the conference finals, but uh, and I don't think it's unrealistic to think that they could make it to the finals. Um, so those are my thoughts. Um, expectation, definitely second round, um, and I'd be disappointed if they don't make it past the second round. Um, yeah, they, they're way... Um, so Sori says there there are way better teams in the Western Conference than in the East. Um and, and Carter brings up like, is it just me or are there a ton of superstars in the East now? I feel like the East has always had a good number of superstars. Um but they've never had like they re- like if you watch the episode on Saturday I brought up the list of of champions over the past like twenty one years. And I think it was six or seven. I think I think there were seven champions from the East and the rest were from the West. Um, so if it was seven, I think that's seven for the East, 14 for the West. And, but like in, since 2000, LeBron has been in the East for almost all of those years. Obviously he was drafted in 03. Um, Wade was there. Like Carmelo was there for a while. Uh, Derek Rose, like, like I feel like the East has always had a ton of superstars, but for some reason they the teams just aren't as good. And I don't know what that is. I I don't see. Maybe it just happens to be that the West has better run organizations. Because I would imagine, like, if the argument is that players want to play for big market teams, I feel like there are bigger markets in the East than there are in the West. It's really the main big market or the main big markets in the West are like Golden State and the LA teams. 
So I don't know. Um, I don't know what would, uh, so I, I don't know if I believe the whole big market thing. I think organizational success is more about the, the guys who stick around after players leave, like the, the GMs and the, the coaches and the, um, presidents of basketball operations and all that stuff. If you, if you can get a good crew there, then eventually you're going to get the right talent. You're going to draft the right people. And eventually you'll have a title contending team. That's kind of what happened to the Jazz. So um, that would be my best guess of why the West happens to be better. Is just um, maybe there's uh, that'd be interesting to look at is turnover of coaches and GMs in the Western Conference versus Eastern Conference, and we could see if there's a trend between team success and and turnover there. I'm sure there's a direct trend. But I wonder if there's more turnover in the East, and, and maybe that's what caused that. But yeah, um, and and Carter does point out the Nets do have half the East superstars. So even the wash, all the washed up superstars in the East made it up, made it to the Nets, like like Aldridge and Griffin. So interesting to think about. Uh, if if any of you want to go. I don't know if there's an easy place to look up the the turnover rate of like GMs and coaches. Um, that might have to just be a manual thing, which might take a while. But if any of you take the time to do that, that would be really cool to see. Uh, let me know, and I I'll I'll probably spend a good chunk of a stream, or maybe just make an individual standalone video about that, because I think that'd be interesting. I don't know if you would, but yeah, everyone, thanks for joining me. This was fun good one for the jazz it was fun to see some new players tonight um and the next game i forget when it is but i'll be doing the stream when the jazz play next just hop onto youtube and and i'll be here and then after that we get to watch the lakers play the jazz so i'm excited for that thanks for joining me um if you haven't liked the video hit the like before you head out um and have a good night guys